0: This is Building Resilience Podcast, Episode 146, Three Things to Master to Optimize Your Health. Welcome to Building Resilience, a podcast where theory, practical strategies, and inspiring stories show you how to unlock your best life. I'm your host, Leah Davidson. As a certified life coach, speech language pathologist, and nervous system resilience expert, it is my mission to teach you how to be more resilient to life's adversities. I will show you how to manage your mind, befriend your nervous system, process your emotions, and even eliminate stress it's time to do more than just survive. It's time to thrive. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Building Resilience podcast. I hope you're doing well. We are back to the fall routine. I know many people are back to school. I cannot believe we are in October already. And if you're Canadian, then that means that Thanksgiving is coming up this weekend. So happy Thanksgiving. That also means that my little boys who both go to school in Canada, they're about five hours away from us in Toronto, they will be coming home for the weekend. Well, one is coming home for sure. The other one is still trying to sort things out, but they're both at a university called Carleton and it is in Ottawa, which is the capital of Canada, actually. So it's a little Canadian learning for you. Toronto, where I live now, Ottawa, where my little boys live, and then Montreal is where I grew up. And they are all within five hours of each other. So again, a little Canadian learning for you. A couple more housekeeping things. I want to make sure that you have checked out my video series. It's a free video series, a 30 Second Solution to Burnout. And even if you don't feel that you're burnt out, really what the video does is it gives you a few simple steps to help you in starting to regulate your nervous system. So make sure that you watch that. You can sign up for it. The link is in the show notes. And again, it's a super short free video series. We are also into the third week coming up of the second cohort of my advanced training in nervous system resilience. Not only am I thrilled with how it's going, but we have a private Slack group community. We have a channel where people can share their aha moments and insights. And I have to say, it's amazing. I love hearing what people are learning because we gain so much when we share. We amplify our learning. That's what my coach told me. And it is so true. If you're interested in doing a deep dive into your nervous system, then make sure you're on the wait list for January. The link is going to be in the show notes. And just in general, make sure you're on my email list because that is where you will first hear about any new things I have up my sleeve. And my mind is always buzzing, trying to think of ways to serve you better. I do have a couple of things that I'm tinkering with for the new year. So make sure you are on that email list. All right, let's get to this week's episode. Last month, my husband and I went to see Dr. Andrew Huberman come talk in Toronto. I am a huge Huberman fan, despite the fact that his podcasts are super long, and I often only can get through bits and pieces, but I love all the research. I love all the science that he provides, and his show was no different. He's such an interesting guy. He covered a lot of different topics, and then he answered questions from the audience, so it was really, really good. He passed out these nice little booklets that included some tools and takeaways, but my favorite part of the booklet was just a little introduction that he wrote, and I'm just going to read you what he shared. He said, your nervous system is your most powerful resource. It is what allows you to think, feel, move, plan, and change. It also houses your personality, a record of all your prior experiences, and your potential. Your nervous system has a dark side too. It can make you stressed, depressed, exhausted, and confused. The important thing to understand is that your nervous system is under your control. Meaning, if you do the right things at the correct times and in the proper sequences, you can maximize your mental and physical health and performance in all aspects of life. Don't you just love that? Your nervous system is your most powerful resource. That is why it's so important to learn about it and why I spend so much time trying to share everything I can all about it. But I wanted to share with you something else that he started with in his presentation, because it also ties so well into many of the things that we talk about on the podcast or that I share with my clients or the participants in my advanced training in nervous system resilience program. So Hubertin basically shared that there are three important things that you need to master in order to have health, physical, mental, emotional. I'm going to share each one with you that he shared, but then I'm going to elaborate, giving my own interpretation and perspective based on each one. The first one is he said, you need tools to improve your stress threshold. Secondly, he said, You need a tool to deal with stress in real time. And he actually recommended the physiological sigh, which we've talked about before on the podcast. And the third thing you have to master in order to have health is the ability to fall and stay asleep. You need to have a reset every night. If you sleep well, you're much healthier. You need to learn tools to fall asleep, stay asleep, and get back to sleep. Now, all these things can really fall into the category of good self-care. We want to make sure our nervous system is where it needs to be in order to respond appropriately and flexibly. And that's why it's so important for us to have a good morning and a good evening routine. Now, I want to take a bit of time for the rest of the podcast and elaborate on each one. I like to share with my clients that I think of taking care of my nervous system like I'm joining a sports team. And when you join a team, you're committing to a few different things. You are committing to a daily practice or training, especially if you're joining an advanced team, which I think joining the nervous system team is always going to be an advanced team. Now, secondly, you're committing to playing in all the games. And thirdly, you're committing to doing debriefs after the games. So in terms of my analogy and compared to Huberman's recommendations, Learning how to improve your stress threshold, to me, is essentially what I call practice and training. When you are on a team, that is actually what you spend the most time doing. I know all the years taking my kids to practice, their training would always range from strength to endurance to specific skills, and then some set plays that they would use during the game. And it wasn't easy. I'm sure they had fun but it was always on rain or shine. Sometimes it was super early in the morning. Sometimes it was late at night. Wasn't something that you missed if you were going to play on the team, especially if you wanted to have success on the team. Huberman says you need to do it. You need to do the training essentially, but you also need to dislike it a little bit too because disliking it and learning to still do it have some cognition involved as well. You need to get comfortable with having some adrenaline circulating in you. You need to get more comfortable feeling a little bit of stress and working towards tolerating more and more stress. So doing it is not always fun. We have to do it and dislike it a little bit as well. It's kind of like that Goldilocks principle. You want something to be not too hard, not too easy, just right, because you need to be able to stretch with yourself. I share with my clients that practice things will include things like movement, meditation, creative expression, connecting with people. These are all things that help me grow my zone of resilience. But then there are things that I will deliberately do to stretch my system. And Huberman suggests things like cold exposure or cyclic hyperventilation. So activated breath work. These are things that stress our system. But then we learn how to tolerate that stress and continue with our activities. And this is a time where we also practice some set plays, some things that we can do in the moment. We want to be practicing things so that they can become automatic when we need them. So that's a little bit about how to learn how to tolerate stress, to grow that threshold and to grow your zone of resilience. You need to be practicing and training. The second thing you have to master is learning how to deal with stress in real time. And that's essentially learning how to deal with stress when you are in the game. So you wanna have been practicing these things so that they're readily accessible in the moment. What are the things that you can do that will allow you to keep engaging and playing in the game? Now, it's great that we have things that we know reduce our stress levels, like going for walks and meditation and taking a hot bath. But I joke when I share this with my clients, because it's not like you can say in a high pressure situation, oh, excuse me a moment while I go run around the block or meditate for 15 minutes before I get back to you. No, you need to know exactly what you can do in the moment. And Huberman recommends the physiological sigh, which is really that two quick inhales and then a longer exhalation. So two quick inhales through the nose and a, a longer exhalation through the mouth. And that has been shown to be the best way to reduce anxiety and calm your nervous system in the moment. It's quick, it's easy to do, and you can do it on the spot. I also like to recommend some additional things you can do with the physiological sigh. I call them the game day techniques. And game day techniques, I always teach following the same three steps. They are the steps on how you can get to self-regulation, how to get to that rest and digest a regulated resilient state. I go through them in my 30 second solution to burnout video series. Because they don't really take long, and I think it's important that we're doing these three steps over and over again during the game of life, but you do want to be practicing them. The first step to regulating your nervous system in the moment is to establish safety. And the easiest way to do this is simply ask, am I safe? At this moment, at this time, am I empirically safe? Not five minutes ago or in five minutes, but right now. And 99% of the time you are safe. If you're not, then it's a good thing that you have activated the alarm in your system so you can take care of your survival. But asking and answering this question sends a strong message to your subconscious. You determine that you and your environment are safe, even if your body is beginning to respond to the perceived threats on a subconscious level. This is a super important step because you'll never be able to relax if your brain and body thinks it's in actual danger. So you have to establish actual safety. The second step is, do I feel safe? That's the next question you want to answer. And often the answer is no. Your body started to get activated because it thought it was in danger. So it doesn't feel safe. But instead of trying to go back and forth, trying to convince yourself that you are safe, You're just going to get out of your head and into your body. Your body is the only place where you can always be present. Your mind can go to the past. Your mind can go to the future. But your body has to be in the present. And when you go into your body, you actually also give your brain a bit of a break. So ask, do I feel safe? No, I don't. Okay, where do I feel tense? Where do I feel stressed? Where do I feel sick? Check in with your body. Scan it and then notice what it is you're sensing. Now, just to note, when you're asking, am I safe empirically? And do I feel safe? You can ask in either order. It doesn't matter which one you do first. It's just important that you are doing both. You have to establish real safety and you have to get into your body. Now, the third step, is you're going to acutely relax your body. Remember, you are in the game. You are up and playing. You need to relax at this exact moment and be able to keep doing what you're doing, but be regulated when you're doing it. A body that is relaxed cannot hold stress. So Huberman recommends doing the physiological sigh as a way to relax your body, which I love, but I also like to combine it with my favorite tool, which is the ragdoll. Basically, you simply and quickly scan your body, you notice what muscles are tight, and then you release those muscles for five seconds like a ragdoll. And another fun way to do this, or a great way to teach this to kids, one of my clients had shared this idea with me, is if you remember the movie Toy Story, well, in it, when all the toys are playing and having fun, whenever Andy wasn't around, but as soon as Andy gets close, somebody yelled, Andy's coming, and they all have to go limp and drop to the ground, just like little rag dolls. That's what you want to be doing. So Andy's coming and then release all the tension in your body. You wanna notice now how you feel when you don't have any tension in your body. You have just introduced yourself to your home, to your safe place, to your zone of resilience. You've just learned how to deal with stress in real time. When you are safe and you relax your body, your body and mind are now aligned. This is when you're regulated, when your thinking skills, your CEO can come back in charge. And you can start acting and living with intentionality instead of reactivity. So the key then is to go through your daily life and confront all those perceived threats that you will inevitably encounter with a relaxed body. So you need to catch yourself when your energy is going up and you're getting tense and then intentionally bring it back down by getting regulated. That's how you deal with that everyday stress in the moment. Now, the third thing to master, according to Huberman, is the ability to fall and stay asleep because you need to have a reset every night. If you sleep well, you are much healthier overall. And you need to learn tools to fall asleep, stay asleep, and get back to sleep. Now, I did a two-part series on sleep back on episode 118 and 119. So that was back in March of 2023. So go back and check that out. But some basic tips that I'm just going to review, kind of some basic sleep hygiene tips for you. The first one is have a set routine before bed. That includes dimming the lights a little bit earlier, disconnecting from screens, so no screen time before bed or too close to bed. Your room needs to be nice and cool and really dark. You want to avoid having lights on between the hours of 10 and 4 a.m. You really do want to have kind of a wind down routine so your brain and your body knows when it's heading to bed. And going to bed at a consistent time, waking up at consistent time, because certain things happen in your brain at certain times during the night, so you don't want to miss out. So you don't want to be switching your bedtimes too drastically. Now, secondly, your sleep routine, it actually starts in the morning getting that early morning sunlight directly so it resets your clock. That's really important. And you can get that early morning sunlight with exercise. You can get out there and move because exercise will also help you sleep as long as you're not doing it too close to your bedtime. Thirdly, there are things like non-sleep deep rest that I did mention back on the sleep episodes. And I think I'll do a whole episode on it in an upcoming podcast. But essentially, What it is, is letting your body completely relax while you're still technically awake. And it has been known to help people get a good night's sleep. Then fourth, things like journaling before bed. Sometimes you just want to get out all those racing thoughts, and that can be a really helpful way to do it. And lastly, you want to make sure that you're getting seven to nine hours of sleep every night. It is what I also mentioned earlier. It's important to have a good morning and evening routine because both routines impact your sleep and your sleep impacts your overall health. So if you want to be mastering three different things that are going to help you maximize your overall health, then you want to focus on practice, doing things to help you stretch your threshold and tolerance for stress. You want to focus on game day, which is learning how to tolerate stress in real time. And then finally, you want to get a good night's sleep where you're able to reset the system ready to go for the next day. I hope you found that helpful. Make sure you do check out my 30-second solution to burnout. It's a great series. It goes over those three components of self-regulation. I walk you through it. And that's it for now. I will see you next week and happy Thanksgiving to all my Canadian friends. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at www.leahdavidsonlifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Looking forward to connecting.